0: It's the A-League's off-season, but the Sydney FC news cycle rolls on and one of the world's largest sporting events is about to kick off down under and in New Zealand, for those that have forgotten. So Sky Blue Stories thought we would give you all something to listen to as we reminisce about players and managers past and present who will be appearing in the flagship event. Tonight on Sky Blue Stories, we also welcome a shiny and new permanent host of the podcast in Michelle Morris, who's been welcomed online to great furore. Michelle, are you feeling the love?
1: I am feeling the love.
0: Welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome. We've got uh, we've also got our regs in Sean and Jules joining us, gentlemen. How are we?
2: I'm good, mate. I'm good. Yourself? Good. Always good to get new blood and exciting exciting times to
0: As you said, lower the uh, average age is pretty good there. Yeah. That was a good call.
2: <laughs> Big time.
0: Sean? Yeah, I'm mean, here. Yeah. You're good.
3: You are. Yeah, <laughs> just keeping up the the appearances, the, the the amount of caps. Check one two. Check one two. Yeah, I've I've got the uh most most consecutive the record appearances in yeah. a row. Because i nice. fifty.
0: How good? Try and How catch good. me. Well, you know what happened to Nathan <laughs> Lyon in the in the cricket when when they announced his uh all time record.
3: <laughs> no, no, one week. Calf's going to pull. Calf me. one week. i am yeah. no, no Zulu.
0: That's it. That's it. No, look, thanks. Um, thanks to everyone for the warm welcome for Michelle as well. Um, honestly, Mish, we are very, very stoked and excited that you're on board. So thanks, um, thanks for taking time out um of your uh busy, busy work schedule at the moment and 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 other projects at, with the Women's World Cup. So we get to steal you for an evening and um we might we might drop another couple uh things pre-season starting for the guys uh, at the moment and the early women's uh, mustn't be too far away from uh, starting training, although they might need some players for that.
3: <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All about the youth. A good start. Maybe.
0: There are a few. So, tonight we thought we'd just go around and um, share, I guess, share some thoughts and talk about some of the players that are going to be uh, appearing over the next few weeks um, in the Women's World Cup uh the easiest place to start is uh the australian squad so we might skip over that we might start somewhere else uh let's go to let's go to our uh co-hosts in new zealand guys um across the dutch across the dutch a couple of uh a couple of players have uh worn the sky blue shirt over the years uh in annalee longo and Paige satchel more recently uh, interestingly enough, uh, both have uh, taken away trophies in their time at Sydney FC. So they will be representing uh, the New Zealand. Oh, the are they, are they All Whites?
3: Are they ferns? All ferns? Football, fans.
0: football, all football
2: ferns? Football ferns. That's it. There we go. Come on, um, boys.
3: Do we? Oh, well. I... <laughs>
0: All whites, Whites, football. Uh I'm sorry. We should have should have done the research. Uh who who out of those two, um, Michelle, do you think will feature more for for the Kiwis? Uh Annalie or Paige? Ooh.
1: Probably Annalie Longo. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's a pretty uh well versed player in that squad. I think they all yeah, I think she'd probably be getting more minutes than Paige Thatchell. But I do think mm. Paige satchel has got, I don't know, she's got something to her that I think they will definitely need.
0: Yeah, uh, in, in terms of counterattacking. Um, yeah. And the pace. the pace out wide. Yeah, Sean, you um, you, uh, and I and Jules actually probably all called a few of the games um, that Paige appeared in for Sydney FC Women's, not last season but the one before, 21-22, uh, premiership winning season. Uh, what were your observations of her in, in her time at Sydney FC? Oh,
3: look, she's hungry with the ball and you know, looks to press. A uh, little bit one-dimensional if I'm being a little bit critical because, uh I, you know, kind of like her pace is, is the main thing in her locker. But, you know, back end of a half or late in a game, you know, last 10, 15 minutes of the game, they're trying to push for a goal, throw her on. You know if a game goes in extra time and they find themselves in that part of the of the World Cup and that part of the competition that business end she might you know throw a few, uh what's that saying through something among the pigeons the heron among the pigeons Cat. yeah Cat. No,
0: that's it. yeah she's all right she's all right she's all right she goes all right she goes all right she only got uh she only got a couple of goals for Sydney FC Jules but one of them was extremely extremely important uh towards of that the end of that premiership winning season, uh, if you remember, the uh, pretty much did a 360 mm. turn on the spot and, and banged one into the corner. Against yeah, um,
2: finish that, that
3: against so, Adelaide um, at Ad- Adelaide. Mm. I'm sure you would know. So, against Adelaide, yeah.
0: Adelaide
1: last game of the yeah. season, Adelaide last
0: game of the season. There you go, there you go. So, that um, that was a very important goal. Again, she only got on the score sheet once for the Knicks last year, so she's currently playing for the Wellington Phoenix. Um, she'd definitely be seen as one of the more experienced players in that lineup. Um, 25 years of age. She's got more than 40 caps for the Kiwi. So again, uh, Michelle, like you said, her and Natalie, actually two of the more experienced girls uh, in that lineup.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's such a. I kind of feel bad for New Zealand that no one one there's not a lot of information on their team, um, especially because we live in Australia. It's not our country. It's mm-hmm. you know it's not something that we're really looking looking at. Um, but I think, yeah, if, if you've got someone who's 25 years old as, you know, one of your more experienced players, I think that kind of says a lot, um, mm. already.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They've got a tough group. Um, they've got a tough group in Norway and Switzerland, and they also face, uh, someone that we'll talk about a little bit later, Alan Stajic's, uh, Philippines side, um, um, Guys, do we think that they how do you think they go in that in that group versus Norway, Philippines and the and Switzerland? Do you think they get a four points, three points? What do you think?
3: I'll say two losses and and a win.
0: Yeah, so you think they'll beat the Philippines? Yeah. Yeah. Jules, can you see them getting anything out of Norway or Switzerland?
2: No, I actually don't think um I think they'll finish bottom of the group. Ooh. Oh. I think I think I've run a dark horse to to, to get through to the round of sixteen in that mm. group. So, mm. yeah, we'll group. maybe we'll go through that later. Considering, yeah, for
0: sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, Michelle, how many points do New Zealand get uh, from that group?
1: I think they get one. I think they draw yeah. against the Philippines.
0: Philippines, yeah, yeah. I, I I'm with you on that one. Um, I think that um that will be the surprise result the disappointing thing uh, there's been a bit of disappointing news about new zealand in general not about the uh football ferns but in terms of their ticket sales and um, a few other bits of noise coming anyway on this side of the uh of the tasman so hopefully look hopefully the sales pick up um there was suggestion that there was suggestion that new zealand have a fairly strong rock up crowd um, history, as in they turn up on the day without um, you know pre purchasing and everything. But from what we understand, you can't actually do that at the Women's World Cup. You, you have to pre purchase. So, I mean, I'm sure you could stand out the front of the stadium
3: and buy a ticket on your take phone. It a, but... Take it away from them. Give it to regional yeah. Victoria. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Give them a... they, know, they know how to host for yeah. major sporting Make events. up for it. Make up for it's, 2026. The ticket
0: prices might be pretty expensive, though, by the sounds of it.
2: I'll go to yeah. Benny, though.
3: You sound
0: the poor out there. That's a bit mean. Well, um, all the best to Annalie Longo and Paige Satchel, and of course the rest of the football fans. But um it's uh it'd be great to see those those girls in action. And um as we know, there there are some fairly, fairly big teams um playing their group matches out of uh out of New Zealand, which includes
3: the United States of America. Mm. Like two to one to win this bloody thing, aren't they? Like, oh, so can you, you Stop
0: it! Stop. He that. sings while
1: oh, he's got
3: an Australian flag <laughs> sitting in front of him. Get Roseanne Barr back out to sing that song. Yeah, that's
2: a, shout out to my sister who actually, or my sister and my mum who just came back from Wy and bought me um American flag underwear for some reason. Thank nice. I thought
0: much. you were going to say an Australian mug. Well, that's a bit <laughs> weird. Yeah, yeah
2: that's, another, that's super weird. that another
3: crotchless, crotchless pair of undies you got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, adding to, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Adding to the
0: the, drug, collection. Strap, the drug strap lives on. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. On that, working, working on, on, on that, All right. on that visual note, um, Michelle, <laughs> do you want to take us through some of the former, um, players uh, that have represented the wonderful club of Sydney FC with American heritage?
1: Yeah, well, we've got some pretty solid players that mm. have played um, for us. Uh, obviously, Emily Sonnet being one of the biggest names um, in that US squad, um, played for us in 2017-18 with 11 appearances. Um, Sophia Huerta and Aubrey, Aubrey Kingsbury mm. um, now are formerly right. Um yep. Both of them won uh, the championship with us. Sure um did. Sophia Huerta was absolutely insane. Um, and, of course, everyone's favourite American, Megan Rapino, with a whopping two appearances for the club back in 2011. Sky Blues
0: legend. Hall of Famer.
1: Oh, Hall of Famer. <laughs> I, just,
0: I just need to put the hair on. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. 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 Excuse my ignorance. It- what, was, what was her... Not reputation, but how famous mm. was she then? Oh, obviously, she's very famous now. They cheap a lot on the field and a lot of her stuff off the field. But what was she, what was her notoriety back in 2011?
1: Uh, to be honest, I don't know. I, I wasn't really around in that. Michelle time. was I,
3: five. You <laughs> I,
1: <laughs> I was in year 11. I, and not watching football
0: (laughs) (laughs) i've thought about this um sean as well actually um i think you it's probably fair to say that her notoriety probably has risen in line almost with the women's game um -hmm. over the years Mm -hmm. you know so i think even back then she was certainly known and to be one of the best you know female footballers in in the world
3: so was it a coup for us to albeit for two games
0: i think it would have been i i think i'm not sure if this is public record or not but i i feel like megan might have been in a relationship with someone else at sydney fc at the time uh, possibly i think i heard a rumor about that uh no no but um and i think that sort of brought her brought her out um to play for the, for the club i think that's what the connection was um mm-hmm. i think i've read that somewhere i might be wrong um but, yes, yeah, certainly uh, the other one there, Emily Sonnet, who was a huge signing even then six years ago, Mish. Um, but she's just risen. You know, her her star has uh, continued to rise.
1: Oh, yeah, she's insane and a very key player to that U.S. side. Um, so if there's a player to, to watch out for that's, you know, a senior player on that U.S. team, because everyone's kind of looking at, oh, who's the young players to look out for? I think, you know, Emily Sonnet's definitely a player that you still want to be you know, watching.
0: Do you reckon she'll uh, orchestrate um, some good tunes? Probably.
1: Oh, because of the last name.
2: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's the the high caliber of wit that we have on this. Thank you.
0: Thank you. I'm just going to (laughs) log out uh, for the rest of it. (laughs) Sean would have have liked that.
3: Give yourself an up. It was good.
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Emily's sonnet. Um, yeah, really. Um, I think Michelle, you used the word "solid," and she certainly was um, for Sydney FC in her time. But let's um, let's spend a little bit of time talking about uh, well, f- first of three uh, actually players on this list that we're talking about tonight. Uh, former Sky Blue Stories guests in uh, Aubrey Kingsbury. Um, so she has, uh, for all those unaware, she's a United States goalkeeper, it was a Sydney FC first choice goalkeeper for I think it was two and a half seasons. And um, Aubrey came to the league at a time where I think the, the that she really just increased the standards of goalkeeping beyond um, anything that I think the Australian League had had seen. Um, just extremely professional, um, extremely uh, high quality in both her distribution and her shot stopping, and um, it culminated. Um, it culminated with a championship for the club, um, and a and a runners up medal as well uh, against Melbourne City. Memories of Aubrey Bledsoe, Michelle.
1: Memories of Aubrey Bledsoe. Oh my god, this is so long ago. I don't know. <laughs>
0: Wasn't that long ago? You weren't that young then. Come on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but I, I don't know. I, I, it was a weird time for me where I was like going to the games, but I was like um, still on the outskirts of it, mm. so still learning about it. Um, but she would have been there for that uh, twenty nineteen grand final. Oh, so it certainly was. Um, yeah, I guess one that's of the probably... most stacked
0: sides we've ever had. Mm.
1: Yeah, I can definitely I I feel like it's probably a better thing to not have many memories of a goalkeeper than (laughs) it is to of like an outfield player. Um because I definitely have lots of memories of Sophia Weta. I just don't really have many. Unfortunately,
0: unfortunately, Sean for Aubrey, um her last game was was that grand final and and she had a bit of a bit of a spill, I think that Steph Catley might have put away for the yeah. winner from memory. Well, Steph Catley was definitely involved in the, in, in the goal anyway. Um, but w- do you, do you remember uh, when we interviewed Aubrey, Sean, that was yeah, our, first ever sky blue stories podcast. Yeah,
3: our first point, our first ever guests. Mm, that's right. That was interviewing. What
0: were your impressions then?
3: Oh, she spoke very well. She's a very articulate young lady. Uh, but no, she was a great shot stopper between the sticks. Um, uh, very formidable. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, her last match. I'm just looking at some good old SFC stats here at the moment. Mm. Um, 36 games, yeah. 3,000-plus minutes. Finished up on the 21st of March. Would have been that final.
2: There you go. You, I think you guys had her as the, when we went through the greatest or the all-time W League side, you two had her as the best keeper we've, we've had. have um, had. like I would have. Yeah, I'm work, pretty man. sure both of you did. And I, I think I respectfully Jata, disagreed. I
0: yeah. respect- I, I, I re-write yeah, that. I'm a Jada man. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, especially, I mean, with World Cup fever now, I, I think we have to say it's Jada. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, yeah, and, and I think I said when Jada wins a championship. I'll, yeah, I'll you did so,
2: actually. You did. You did. So yeah. now she's got one
0: um yep. and Fair and point. put in a and put in a brilliant performance in that grand final. Um mm. but Sophia Huerta, one of one of the club's um favorite daughters. We say favorite sons, mm. favorite daughters Sophia Huerta. I think a lot of people forget that she actually played in Adelaide first. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it doesn't get mentioned a lot um that she spent a season in Adelaide um before uh it would have been yeah it was Ante that 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 poached her um for a couple of seasons and She's done a few interviews um after Sky Blue Stories interviewed her. We, we knew her when before she was cool. And um <laughs> but she spoke about how Sydney sold the promise to her about you know being able to play in in she calls it an outside back, so a, a wing-back position, which is <laughs> what the national team had basically um, I guess corralled her into, you know, if she wanted to play for the national team, she had to to play um left back or right back. And that um that 2019 grand final winning season she was on a absolute another level um to to anyone in the competition um, i'm not sure if she won the she didn't win the the Dolan medal i don't think um but she certainly won the club's player of the year uh and and scored an unbelievable uh goal in the grand final which you know, on the highlight, will be on the highlight reels for forever and a day. Uh, and she's another one that, since leaving um, Sydney FC, has uh, completely, you know, consolidated her spot in that national team.
3: She was kind of on the fringe, like a little bit after she finished up with us. She was kind of like in the team, out of the team, but now she's pushed her case and and is is part of that squad. She was great for us. She she did play it. She had a little bit of versatility about it, didn't she? Had mm. a bit of right back, a bit of like up front on the wing, but then kind of found her space yeah. spot and like what playing a bit more like a number ten, maybe bit more like a number eight kind of role, but she was incredibly dynamic. It was a shame to see her go. But um, you know, Grand Pastures for her.
0: I mean, she said you got a lot of memories about Sophia.
1: I just remember that that goal that she scored in the grand final, like from I think it was outside the box. Mm. And and she just like whipped it in and it was insane. <laughs> like everyone was talking about Chloe's goal and, you know, mm. someone else and, and Savannah McCaskill's goal. I think she scored as well. Right. And I'm like, guys, why are we not talking about the right back? Who just scored an absolute <laughs> worldie. um That's it. Yeah. I just remember that moment so vividly because we were standing like at the back, like in this corner, like the Cove, um, like this small contingent of us and, yeah, it was just so good. Um, but yeah, what a player! Also, I think it's absolutely hilarious that she went from playing for Mexico to then, yeah, uh, moving mm. to the US.
0: That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um. So, yeah. uh, friendlies. Played, yeah,
1: like, used to them, or something like
3: that, for Mexico. Or, or... she played senior, but in I friendlies. Think it was friendlies. Yeah, uh, friendlies. So you can jump ship because they don't.
0: That's right. That's right. To... Um. But like I said, she's gone from, from strength to strength. And um uh is she had, still at rain? Um, uh, Michelle, we think. I think she's still at um Orlando Rain. Uh
3: have a look.
0: I think. Um I she, she might have been with Chicago at some point as well. But anyway, she's um she's carving out a a, a very, very strong and important career. So she'll be an important player, I think, for the, for the US team, um, she is still at
1: uh, OL Reign.
0: At Reign, OL Reign, very yep. good. There you go. Um, a couple of a couple of players I've just you've just mentioned one Savannah McCaskill who has played for the senior team. Um, she was left out um, of this squad and hasn't probably hasn't gone on to dominate. I mean, she was she was something else for Sydney, um, Savvy McCaskill. And the other player that we had that year, I think, it was Danny Colaprico. Um, from, oh yeah, from memory. Uh, in the midfield there, um, who's another player that, you know, has been in and around the national team. So,
3: How many goals uh, did she score for us? Savannah? Uh, uh, Colaprico.
0: Oh, I'm not sure. Savvy got uh, five goals no. in 13 games. Um, Colaprico in the midfield, I'm not, sure. I'm not sure. Just one. Not Gary Busey?
3: No, not two.
0: Make it two. All right. Inside <laughs> joke. Um, wow. <laughs> USA play Portugal, the Netherlands, and Vietnam over in New Ooh, Zealand. Yeah. Who um, Who do we, how, how many points do we think from that group? Sean.
3: Who do they got again? Uh, I zoned out for a sec.
0: Por- Portugal, yeah. the Netherlands, <laughs> Netherlands, and Vietnam. And Nam. It's too busy saying silly.
3: Do we? Yeah, Ronaldo. He's not playing for them uh, um, no. <laughs> he's, not,
0: he's not allowed near the
3: women's team. <laughs> yeah, he's still got that court order. Um, I think they'll make it out of the group, of course. You reckon? Bloody eh? A. <laughs>
2: you reckon?
3: Three from three. Is the Pope, is the Pope yeah. Catholic?
0: I don't know what Portugal's like, um, but the Netherlands certainly... Um, certainly have a, a very strong side. Although, Michelle, are they one of the teams that is missing a few players?
1: In the Netherlands?
0: Yeah.
1: They're missing um, arguably one of the best players in the world, Viv mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: um And that's not just because uh, she plays for <clears throat> Arsenal. The, the greatest club. That's, that's right. <laughs> uh, so, but still without Viv, uh, they'll be quite strong.
1: Still dangerous. Still dangerous side. um but I think since losing um, Serena Wiegmann as their coach, they haven't looked as dangerous. Yeah.
0: Fair call. Jules, a uh, clean sweep for the USA, do you think?
2: Uh, I think they'll finish on seven points. So top the, they'll, they'll top the group. Um, I think they'll draw against Netherlands. Okay. Interesting. Interesting.
1: I reckon they draw against Portugal. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Portugal's got a really solid... Defense. Okay. Um, they held England to a draw in their uh, England's farewell match.
0: It also might depend what order they have those teams in in terms of their lineup. Um, but I mean the thing about the USA is that they're they also go so deep, isn't it? So mm. that that's that's one thing that um you know the the years and years of development that that the states have put in that's one thing that they'll benefit from for sure. Mm we will see so emily sonnet sophia Huerta, aubrey kingsbury Nee bledsoe and megan Rapineau, all former sky blues wearing the shirt for the usa let's quickly talk about um francisca Ordega. she appeared for the club in 2016-17 she made six appearances uh for sydney fc uh, i remember seeing her play at lambert park actually uh that year i remember going to the, going on to that one uh, Nigeria. She'll be representing Nigeria, and they will. They are taking on the Aussies, so they are in Ireland, Canada, and Australia. Be interesting to see. I'm not sure if she's a regular starter um, for Nigeria. Um, I found it a bit hard. Again, like Michelle said about the New Zealand side, I found it a bit hard to do a, some research about the Nigerian women's team. Um, but she currently plays in Russia, of all places. Sean, Russia.
3: <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I've heard of it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they make vodka and stuff got, yeah
3: one goal vodka. for us one goal
0: one goal yeah um so francisco six games. Yeah. yeah again michelle you're too young then so um and jules jules was too young as well actually you might have been working for the club around that time 16 17 i was uh, oh
2: year after year after, year after.
0: Oh, i was going to say any any run-ins with mm-hmm. francisco um over there uh nigeria so i'll probably talk about that group i dare say in a little bit more detail very shortly so let's um let's skip over how we think nigeria will go and let's talk about former uh sydney fc manager for the women's side and a current sydney fc hall of famer two championships two premierships and 87 matches in total from 2008 2014 of course we talk about Alan Stach, the Philippines women's national team coach. Um, he's got a bit of a job on his hands but um, as as we've all sort of said we think um, we think they, they could pop up with a surprise. Uh, the job that Stadge has done has been very well documented, um, certainly here in Australia but also in the Philippines. Where I think you know he's he's slowly getting a bit of god status amongst the women's football aficionados over there, and I think his stocks are just continuing to rise after uh, he initially took that job on with the Central Coast Mariners, um, had some success, and then was appointed to to this women's national team job. I think I, I heard the other day that their FIFA ranking has gone up twenty places in twelve months, uh, something similar to that, um, which is no mean feat. And, you know, the fact that they've qualified for this World Cup uh, ahead of some other, you know, more fancied Asian rivals is is
3: huge. It's huge.
0: Mm. Um, so he's done a he's done a magnificent job. Uh, Sean, you are a big Stag fan. I
3: love Stag. Met the bloke. Fantastic. Uh, he, he's dot Anika as a great young player. She'll play for the Matildas probably eventually one day too. Anika? Yeah, Anika. Um, legend of a bloke. What happened to him, but he's he's gone up onwards and upwards, and he's just sprinkled his stag magic <laughs> Philippines team. And uh, look, I, I don't think the Philippines will make it out of our group, but they'll certainly, you In know, group. yeah, they'll certainly, you know, give some teams a run for their money. It might be, you know, everyone's kind of second kind of favorite team,
0: yeah, quite, and quite, the, Gilles, quite the Mino Nation. Jules Stadge was our inaugural uh W League or A League Women's manager, mm. um, and certainly had a lot of success and, and very clearly earned his spot in the uh, in the Hall of Fame. Um, wonderful to see uh, one of his uh, top chargers in Teresa Police join him in that Hall of Fame uh, very recently at the Sky Blue Ball. Uh, about time there was a, a female in that Hall of Fame, so well done, mm. T. Um, but Jules, uh, Alan Stajic's football sides, uh, what, what, what can you say about that?
2: I think the one thing that embodies um, Dadge uh, with with regards to any football side that he's taken um, throughout the years and throughout his career is the work ethic um, and the belief that he manages to instill in his players you only have to look at you know somebody like um, Joshua Nisbet who's just come out of absolutely nowhere and he was he was one of the best players in the league for me last year. Um, and he continues to grow. So um, he was nothing before, not nothing, but certainly raised his stock. So that's just an example of one player that he's been able to to help grow or help them achieve the, their max potential. And I think that that's the beauty of Stadge is he manages to squeeze every little ounce of potential out of the people that really want to work for him. And he's very quick to separate the wheat from the chaff as well.
0: Absolutely. And Mish, he's, he's gone on a bit of a uh sort of Graham Arnold style uh recruitment drive. He's he's pulled across a few A-League women's players. Uh Serena Bolden, is it? And yep. um Angie Beard. Yep. Um how did they how did they go last uh, A-League women's season? You you were probably across a bit more of the, the the wider A-League women's uh season than we were. How how do you how did you see them perform?
1: Oh Serena Bolden is insane. Um I've been watching a uh, when I can in the MPL as well, um, with the stingrays. Yeah. And I think she was very sorry, they were very keen or like a very um important part to um that wanderer's side because of how they commanded the field. And mm-hmm. like what I found very interesting was when they were brought into the squad, you had Serena Bolden at the front and you had the Wanderers keeper, whose name, uh, Jordan Bloomer, um, at the back, and so you had two very loud people on either end of the field, just kind of like communicating, which I thought was really interesting, mm-hmm. and it really helped. I think that Wanderers side to kind of look a bit more like, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like consistent, I guess, and they mm-hmm. just looked a bit more like cohesive in in the midfield, so. Um, yeah, Serena Bolden, really, really good player, standout player. She's scoring goals Um,
0: for fun in the NPLW at the moment, isn't she?
1: Yeah, like just killing. Um and and Angie Beard, another really solid player. I mean, obviously, we'd come against her in against when she was at uh, Melbourne Victory. Mm -hmm. Um but and probably, you know, it is a bit frustrating that you know someone of her talent it has defected over to another country. And obviously th- this is football. This is what happens. Like if you've got a chance to play in a world cup, mm. for another country, why not take that chance? Like, even if you're not going to win a game or even if you're not going to win it at the end of the day, like it's still better than sitting on a couch, watching it. So yep. um, yeah, I think it, they'll do really well on the stage. Obviously they've been doing pretty well. Um, mm. The Philippines as a squad, I think the best thing, about them is that they have like the lowest expectations in that group really
0: yeah 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 so um but like i said uh the the fact that they've qualified you know is 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 enormous is an enormous achievement so and you're right they'd be um they'd be one of the lower ranked, lowest ranks uh fifa clubs um, on the fifa rankings for sure um, so a huge job over there, but again, with the um, with the Stag connection, not only Sydney FC fans but Australian uh, football fans will be watching watching them with um, real close interest uh, over the next few weeks. What we've all been waiting for. Let's talk about uh, the Aussies. Let's talk about the Matildas and the former and current player um, that play have played for Sydney FC as well as representing the Matildas. Sean, where should we
3: start? Where would you like to start? Let's start from the bottom of the list. And one of my favorite players, although, you know, surely didn't appear as, in as many games as somebody might think for, so, for those who watch our, our Sky Blue girls run around in recent years. Uh, in Everton, in Everton colors these days, Claire Wheeler. Claire Wheeler. Um, he's a fantastic midfielder, plays as what, say, as a 10. Uh, very dynamic. I don't. She won't necessarily start the games, mm. but she's a very good option off the bench. Um, but who knows? Maybe she might get some game time against who would be you know maybe a Nigeria. Who, who's in our group? Yeah, Nigeria. Perhaps one of the, the the lesser teams of our group. But we'll time will tell. But yeah, I thought Claire was fantastic for us. Um, a really dynamic player, and um, yeah, and also Sydney Uni players too back in the day. <laughs> so I'm kind um... of yeah, somewhat affiliated with. <laughs> associated with she won,
0: She won Player of the Year that year uh, in 2020-21. So it was a short time at Sydney, um, but, uh, you know, a very successful one in a premiership winning winning side. Michelle, Sean mentioned that you don't think she'll start. Do you think she should be starting or, or would you still have a sort of having that impact um, off, off the bench? Mm. Or to stiffen things up in the midfield when we need it?
1: I don't know. I think she's such a – she's a really good player, but, like, you look at the Matildas midfield at the moment and it's so stacked that, like, even someone like Alex Chudiak can't even get a start. So, I mean, look, Alex Chudiak and Claire Wheeler are two very different roles. Like, they they play very, very differently. But um, I think – yeah, I I think Claire would come off the bench if – you know we need her to um and i do i think she'll definitely get minutes during this game but um whether or not that's starting i don't know i tony, tony has like 17 different game plans and he played <laughs> like at least 6 of them on friday so
0: and um yeah everton everton obviously liked what they saw um because they extended her contract uh last year jules um mm. did you like what you saw from claire when she was at sydney fc
2: yeah, look, she's a she's a quality player. Um, I think touching back on whether she'll break in the squad or be a regular starter, I think, yeah, it's probably like Michelle said, it's a bridge too far, just potentially with the the amount of quality we have in the midfield. Um but in saying that I do think that she might feature off the bench and she is a great impact to to come off the bench. That quality is obviously fantastic to to look back at if you're the gaffer and and look and say, okay, well, I can solve a problem here if I need just something mm-hmm. a little bit extra in midfield. So um yeah, look, I hope she she gets um she gets a feature. Um, because you know there'd be no greater feeling, I could imagine, than stepping out in front of your home crowd and and um yeah, having that moment at a World Cup. It's pretty, pretty special for every player. Absolutely.
0: And to 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 take player of the season um honors in that 2021 season, which was also the next player we're going to talk about, uh, first season with Sydney FC, Courtney Vine. Um, you know, obviously she was very, very well thought of, not only by the fans but um, by the management staff and, and and the club. Let's wax lyrical about our current uh, Sky Blue and uh, uncontracted, we should say, currently uncontracted Sky Blue, but still, uh, still uh, yet to yet to decide her future in Courtney Vine. Uh Jules you are Sky Blue Story's number 1 Courtney Vine fan although with Michelle <laughs> Michelle now Yeah might, I'm coming yeah.
1: for that title. You might have yeah fired sure. it out.
0: Yeah. Um but talk talk to us about Courtney and her impact at Sydney FC but also I guess more recently her impact for the Matildas.
2: I think um, obviously it's been said on the pod heaps of times by all three of us to be fair. And, and, you know, obviously the four of us now, I think we'll continue to do that, especially if she does sign that contract extension um, with Sydney, which we're obviously hoping she does, but what, what more can you say about her? I think her, her dynamic sort of play, her ability one-on-one, her just raw speed, um, her decision-making I think has just um, gone leaps and bounds mm-hmm. in the last year as well. I think she's an incredible. She's becoming an incredibly intelligent player. It's probably as a result of being in the Matildas camp and being around higher quality players. No disrespect, obviously our girls—they're high quality in domestic league, but we're talking about some of the best players in the world that she's surrounding herself with. Um, I think she's she's taken to it like a duck to water. Um, the Matilda squad. She's just really grabbed that spot. Um, with both with both hands and doesn't and look out of, all, doesn't, no, doesn't, doesn't, out of place at all. No, she doesn't. She doesn't look place out of place at all. And a big reason why, I mean, I keep harping on about it, but she probably should be. You know, if she wanted to, obviously, that's the biggest thing. But she could easily play in Europe. Easily play in Europe right now. So yeah, couldn't say more about her positively. Don't, anyway,
0: don't worry, don't worry, Sydney FC fans. Uh, there, there there is an offer on the table. that that might have been looked at several times by the club um Mm. but the club is certainly uh certainly doing its very best to retain the services of uh, courtney vine sean um i i I used the term wax lyrical before um i think that's because i'm not sure we've we've sort of you know said too much negative things about i can if you you want a bit slower oh you're you're the negative nancy um (laughs) But she had a bit of a slow start to uh 22-23 campaign, but still came through.
3: I think that might have been coming off her dodgy knee from the season yeah. before. Yeah. Um, but, look, I, I'm how I described uh, Paige Satchel earlier in the pod in terms of kind of main reliance or only ability, like just with raw pace, that, that's how I would have described Courtney early on mm-hmm. in her say career with Sydney mm, FC. Mm, um, I know she had be previously at Brisbane and Newcastle, but you know, yeah, all yeah. about the pace. Yep. Yeah. I just beat them with the pace, kick the ball, pass them and run on it. But as yeah. in the last 12 months, she's developed a few, you know, you know, extra abilities in her mm. arsenal, if I can use that term. absolutely, uh, absolutely. and she's more than just the pace and got a little bit of footwork about her. And she's not scoring goals. She actually set up quite a few this past season as well. So um yeah so big fan of courtney and uh she's she's quite she's evolved she's like a pokemon it's charmander I love it. <laughs> what's next second Charizard.
0: evolution um second Charmeleon. evolution. Charmeleon. Well, yeah. that's, that's it michelle, that's michelle it. um michelle courtney brookvine one of your faves as well um <laughs> that's 25. That's 25. what uh what's courtney meant to you as a as a sydney fc fan over the last few seasons
1: Oh, I got the wholesome question. Um, I don't know. I think, I think Courtney is Sydney FC. I think that she embodies what Sydney FC is. It's someone who's very hardworking, someone who loves the club dearly, someone who respects mm. the fans. Um, you know, just a all-round good person, right? That's Courtney Vine, and I think for me as a fan, fan, it, it's just like. I don't know. It's, it's crazy to think that, Oh, I can go over and have a conversation with this superstar of a player Mm. and she'll give me the time of day and she will completely just be engaged in that conversation. And that's, I think something that's very rare to find in Mm. just a person these days. So for a footballer, um, of her stature to be like that with, you know, everyone she comes across is incredible. Um, but, like, yeah, I think Courtney as a player, like, I think we've all been saying that, like, she fits so well in that Matilda squad that the only person who didn't believe that she should be in there was Courtney herself. And, like, it's it's kind of funny that that's how it is, that everyone mm. just knows how good she is and what a player she is. So, yeah, it's just, um, no, it's really, really cool to see someone like Courtney Vine making the squad and, and, being in that World Cup uh to come from Sydney FC, to come from Brisbane, Newcastle, Western Sydney to, you know, now making it in the Matildas and still appearing to want to play in the A League women's yep. is, you know, really good for our league and and, you know, just, just great for our club as well.
0: Well said. No, well said. Um we wish Courtney all the all the very best. Um I I'm gonna assume she's gonna start most games. Um, she's, she's worked her way into that starting role and, and, you know, as we've said, I can't remember if we said it on the pod already or, or if it was, um, beforehand, but, uh, you know, if she has a, if she has a, a very successful world cup, I think, I think we'll have a, we'll, we'll have a battle on our hands to, to keep her around no matter, you know, depending on the size of the offers, but you know, she, uh, she certainly, certainly would not look out of place, uh, in, in the women's super league or, um, or in uh, La Liga Femme. La Liga Femme, is that, do I say that right, Michelle? Um, the,
1: the league in Spain? The Spanish league? Uh, I think it's just Liga, Liga Femenina.
0: Liga Femenina. Ah, there we go. There we go. I'm okay, getting my, now, now, so now we've got Michelle, she can correct all of our, you know, Spanish mispronunciations. Que pasa. <laughs> que, que pasa. <laughs> uh, uh, brilliant. Speaking of, um, I, I yeah. I, I suppose, personally, um, just on Courtney as well, before we move on, um, again, someone that we interviewed, we had the pleasure of interviewing on Sky Blue Stories um, just before she made her first Matilda squad. Uh, she was absolutely tearing it up for for the Sky Blues at the time. Um, she's gone on now with 44 appearances, three premierships. So she's been a part of each one of those last three premierships. And she finally got that championship ring. Um very recently, uh, just a couple of months ago. So um, as Michelle alluded to, we just wish nothing but the the absolute best for uh, our Courtney Vine. Uh, speaking of superstars, there's still quite a few former players to go through. Um, let's talk about one of the players who's been at Sydney over a few different stints um, in her time. Most recently, again, was a part of that 2019 Championship Wing uh, game at Cogra. And I talk about Alana Kennedy. Um, who's made 61 appearances for Sydney FC, uh, including that championship, and also, uh, I believe it was a 2012-13 uh, championship down in Melbourne. Um, she's been and gone a few times, um, Jules. She's she's had stints at other uh, A-League Women's or, or W-League clubs, mm. um, but I think I think we all know that you know who her favourite club is. I don't think there's
2: any doubt there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we hope so anyway, right? But um, no, look, obviously she's she's made a fantastic career for herself. Um, every stint that she has had with Sydney has been, I think, a successful one. Um, she's always given her all um, whenever, she's, when, whenever she t- has uh, taken to the pitch and it's much the same for the Matildas and the national team. And um, I certainly think that it will be exactly the same. Um, you know exactly what you're going to get. Um, she's going to give everything, whether it's broken noses, broken everything. <laughs> she doesn't care. She'll keep going. Um, so, yeah, look, I I I rate her. I think she's one of my favourite players in the squad. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping she does uh, really well and has a great walk-up.
0: Well, she's very tall. <laughs> Alana, you, you'd look up to her. Um, but not only that, but I think she's, uh, despite being a Westie at the at heart she's uh she's a she's from western sydney um like i said she's really when you think about alana kennedy you think about sydney fc in the a-leagues uh surely
3: that's a question is that to me yeah <laughs> oh fine. Oh, look i was just actually when i was thinking of alana uh, other than uh, being back in the matilda squad she was actually quite a um free kick specialist mm. Mm. Uh she's got no. she's she's I don't know three or four. I think she's got nine. I'm looking up uh, Rowdy's SSC stats. That's SSCStatistics.com. Um, <laughs> but no, she was uh, for for a centre back. She she was quite lethal mm. on a goal. Oh, absolutely. So it's not just
0: her height, like you said. It's um that free kick, dead ball ability. Michelle, what's um she she's she has been injury ravaged um the last couple of years. Uh, not unlike uh, another player that we're about to talk about. Um, but she's back she played well, she played 70 minutes the other night um think, yeah
1: she played she played a bit
0: yeah she played most of the game um but uh in clubland in the women's super league uh again she's a player that's obviously uh very well thought of because um she she keeps getting signed to to new contracts
1: yeah she just extended uh, a two year stay at man city which is it came at a huge surprise, considering mm. she, I think she played like five games or something. She didn't. She didn't play very much. She was yep. plagued by injury all of last season, basically. Mm. Um, and it's the WSL. It's very hard to to get a spot once you know the managers mm. decided his starting side. Why Haley Rasso and Mary Fowler struggled to get minutes as well. Um, but yeah, I mean. It's good to see that she's fit um, and that she's playing. She looked really good, um, good. against France. Um, she looked like Alana Kennedy from our championship winning side, mm. um, which is obviously very, very good to see. Um, but, yeah, you know, before we get too far ahead with Alana Kennedy, I just want to say I'm a bit worried that if there was ever a chance for the you know any of these players to come back? I feel like she'd probably be going to Macarthur mm, once they yeah. get their women's team up and running.
0: I didn't want to mention that. Yeah, <laughs> but that is around the corner from uh, from the family home. Um I believe she's
1: like a uh, ambassador or something. I think you might be right. I think you she might does a lot right. of stuff with them. So,
0: but we don't we don't think about MacArthur. no. Women's team and <laughs> Lana Kennedy. We just uh just the sky blues. Um, she started at Tottenham. Uh, and and yeah, even getting that move to Men's City was was surprising, like you said, Michelle. But I, I think it might be even her physical attributes of being that tall, mobile center half that that probably helps her stand out a bit. She she's she's played for a lot of clubs <laughs> over the years. Um, she's only 28 years old. Uh, so she's still got a, a lot of years in her. Um it would be it would be nice to see her come back and do another stint with Sydney FC, but yeah, you you might be right. Um, over one hundred games for the Matildas.
1: I also think uh, there was a lot of confidence issues after the Olympics. Mm-hmm. She did not have the greatest Olympics campaign. She kind of redeemed herself, but um, it was. It, It was pretty bad online. A lot of people like, you know, slagging her off and Mm. um, she didn't, yeah, like she didn't have the best tournament. It it is what it is. That's sometimes players don't have good tournaments, but I think that um, affected her confidence a lot. Um, Then a broken nose against New Zealand, Mm. I think it was. (laughs) And yeah, just, I think there was a lot of confidence um, paired with the injuries that kind of, yeah, affected the way that she's played in recent times, but I don't know, it seems like she's got her confidence back, so it's good,
0: absolutely. Uh, all the best to Alana in in the upcoming tournament. Let's talk about the Quakers Hill girl come good, Jules. Mm. Uh, former Ky- uh, Kaya Simon, um, now she's got some very impressive Sydney FC statistics going, so was at the club between 2009 2017. Uh, again, over a couple of stints, um, 68 appearances, two premierships, two championships, uh, and she also uh, holds the record for the most goals by a Sydney FC female in a single season with 12, which I actually Ooh. found quite surprising um, when when I was looking this up. Uh, Kaya, uh, like I said, Quakers Hill girl. Um, yes, very yeah. proud of of where she's from. And our golden boot um,
2: award is actually named after her.
0: Oh, well, there you go. There you go. As in as in Quakers Hill Juniors.
2: Yep. yep. Our, yeah. Yeah. Golden Boot Award for our Premier League site. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. Very good. Um controversial selection this one. Like I said, a Sydney FC on a roll is is very, very good. But like Alana Kennedy, um, well, similar to Alana Kennedy, uh, Ooh. Kaya has not touched a a football or kicked one in vain uh in in a in a match um for closer 12 months um mm. after doing an acl but not only the acl she did it proper jules like you did i think
2: um yeah she yeah she did a great job of it to be fair
0: <laughs> so she's been on the on, on the comeback sean she didn't get any minutes the other night um against la français and uh, there's rumors now that she was missed a couple of training sessions um does kaya have to be in the squad, or or would you have, you know, um, looked looked elsewhere?
3: I'd bit of a look to Remy personally, but uh, yeah. yeah, I know we're going to get into it a little bit later mm. about our uh, near misses and could have shoulders, but no, I think Remy would have been the better option than Kaya. It's just unlucky with Kaya and timing and injury and you know f- match fitness or whatnot. And
0: I don't mind her being chosen, but she's got to contribute on the field. Yeah. Uh, you know she she's. I don't think we can carry a chief vibes officer like Martin Boyle, sort of thing. But at least he actually <laughs> hurt himself, you know, in the in the warm up. Um, Michelle Kaya again, wonderful, wonderful memories in in Sky Blue, I'm sure. And again, she probably finished up a little bit um, before that timeline where you said you started to get more involved. But um, what are your thoughts on on? I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on the selection in the squad.
1: Um. <laughs> Well, okay, firstly, the shushing uh of the Melbourne victory supporters and <laughs> when she scored was great. Um <laughs> it, I think, yeah, like I, I was making this video just for myself, uh trying to find like winning goals of um or important goals of grand finals, and then that mm. was one there. And that's <laughs> it's great. It's it's great. Um, but in terms of Kaya in the squad, I've been really negative about this for a really long time because I think I was just really salty that Remy wasn't chosen. Um, <laughs> in my opinion, thinking like
2: North Mafia.
1: In Northern Beaches Mafia. <laughs> Kaya <laughs> hasn't played in in eight months. She's been out with injury, she's not match fit, she's not mm. um fit fit, and like yeah. you know Remy has you know up and left this country had and gone and played for the worst team in Sweden, Mm. um, came back, dominated, then went overseas again, played for a team that was in a relegation battle, got out of it while playing. Out of position. (laughs) Out of position um, and has done everything she can and doesn't get selected. And I was like, but Kaya does. And I was like, I was really annoyed. Um, But it's one of those things as well. That I had, I listened to another podcast um, talking about uh, in the lead up to this and uh, the World Cup and and the squad selection, and they were saying that like I, I think it was Amy Chap- Chapman talking. In fact, and she was like, "I've been in that position where like you don't know if you're going to get back to playing mm. um, because you know you you are coming back from an injury, but you want to go on to that tournament um, and to get selected, it feels." like you don't deserve to be there kind of thing. And mm. she kept going on about like that Kaya is a really important player to the squad in terms of just how she plays and what she can provide. And she's a big game player, which will probably come in handy. And I think mm. Remy, while I love Remy and think that she's an incredible player and it's so unlucky that she wasn't selected, not even to be in the training squad, Um, I think – that she hasn't got that experience of being a big game player yeah. in a big tournament. Um, and Remy still has Olympics qualifiers, like, that she yep. could be in that squad for and to be in that Olympic squad. So Remy's time will come, but we can obviously talk about this later. But yeah. I think Kaya being in the squad might Calculated actually, risk. Yeah. Calculated I think it, risk, yeah. it might work out better in the long run of of what a tournament is,
0: I think. Um, a, a, again, Tony G. I think at the start of his reign, uh, there's a lot of negativity around tactics and and selections, and you know our results. Even uh, even though, as he said, you know they don't necessarily matter at this time. I I think in a way he's shifted he's shifted his dial a little bit towards a positive heading into you know over the last six months for the for the Tillies. And uh, look, I, I agree with both what what uh shauna michelle have said in, in regards to the selection um but i also think it's a bit of a calculated risk i i think we know that what she's capable of my only concern is like i said that that just that lack of physicality cool. um and and the lack of impact on her body and and getting used to the the, the rhythm of the games and things like that so you know let, let's Let's assume we make it into the round of sixteen. You know that's still two more than two weeks away. Um, so if she's if she's fully training, hopefully she gets enough fitness up. You know to be able to 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 have that impact. Um, I certainly would have liked to have seen her take the pitch against France. Yeah. Um, just I think to... if she
1: played against France, I think people's opinions would be a lot different.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know, Alana did that she was the other one with question marks over her fitness and she came on and she did a she did a great job wonderful job. as well yep yep so uh interesting see but a a, a very highly decorated um player for sydney fc Kai simon and uh again we, we, we do wish her all the best um we don't there's no inkling or or suggestion that she's not going to remain in the squad uh we're only 48 hours out now. Um, although they can apparently make changes right up until the day, um, but there's no indication that, that that's going to change. So all the best to Kaya uh, in the World Cup. Let's hope she can she can have a big impact for us um, off the bench potentially. Uh, one of my all-time favourites, former Sydney FC players, um, and you know one of the again most decorated is uh, Caitlin Ford. And I'll let Michelle take this one because I I, I have an inkling that. You might share my uh, adoration for the uh, the girl from Wollongong. Uh, 89 appearances, one premiership, two championships, and uh, I think second on the all-time leading goal scorers for the club or, or not? No, sorry, fourth. My apologies. Fourth all-time behind Lena Karmas, Kai Simon, and Remy Seamson. Michelle, take it away.
1: Caitlin Ford was my first favourite female football player. Um, great, great player. I think she's just only gotten better since going to Arsenal. Uh, I know everyone loves to talk about Sam Kerr, Sam Kerr, this Sam Kerr, that. <laughs> but Caitlin Ford has absolutely dominated the WSL. She's absolutely killed it, and yeah, she's great player. Um, so smart on the ball, so smart in just reading the game. Um, she, I think she. I did all these stats on her for work and I don't remember mm. any of them, but she was, yeah, <laughs> she was very good at creating chances, very good at um, getting assists and and getting goals as well. Um, yeah, I think I have this vision of her celebrating a goal in my head and it was just her running with her hand up in the sky, like pointing to the sky. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like I said, she was like the first like female player that i was like yes like this is my favorite player i love this player um so yeah i don't know great player
0: absolutely um debuted for the matildas at 16 years of age caitlin ford uh and jules if you remember uh i I believe she actually won the afc youth player of the year in in 2011 Mm. in that same year that she debuted um I, I was going to ask, do you think um, uh, Michelle referenced then Sam Kerr um, sort of, you know, getting all the attention over there in the Super League, but I don't think Caitlin would mind that, um, you know, knowing what we do about her and her time at Sydney FC, you know, she's a bit more understated, you'd, you'd say.
2: Yeah, I think she's just a very, um, just sort of goes with the flow sort of thing. Like a uh, personality just seems quite, Quite laid back in the sense of oh, she wouldn't be fussed about that type of stuff. If anything, she probably prefers it that way yeah, as well. Yeah. She's—I can't imagine her, you know, modelling IWC, uh, you know, watches <laughs> and stuff like that. I don't think that's,
1: that's there's her, a giant that's her poster thing. of her in the city. There, I don't know what you're talking about. There, that's true.
2: <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I don't know, but uh, look, I look, I, I agree. I think she just sort of likes to get on with it just do it not that any uh you know obviously any advertising or or you know sponsorship or any sort of stuff like that is is to be frowned upon but I just feel like yeah she'd uh she just likes to play football and yeah. um she's very 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 good at it and she like Michelle said um I think she is sort of underrated a little bit. Um I think she'll be incredibly important for what we do um the, the level of success we'll have at the at the World Cup.
0: Sean, Caitlin, uh, again, I remember having several conversations with you over the years, going to watch the girls play um, about just how good she is at cutting in, um, either from the right or the left. She's deployed on on both sides. I'm not sure if Arsenal do something similar with her, Michelle, but um, certainly at Sydney, she was someone that could play anywhere in that front line. And um, she's one of the many players that sort of had that, um, you know, um, NWSL Um, career, I suppose. So used to go over to the States, come back to Sydney, go over to the States, come back to Sydney. Um, But like I said, I I remember you and I uh, talking very, very positively about Caitlin on many, many occasions, maybe when the rest of the team weren't quite performing um, to the standard. What what are your memories of her at Sydney FC?
3: She just loved to attack the the 18-yard box. Um, Had the balls to be, pardon my French, but be able to take on players and want to attack and get in beyond that inside a eighteen yard box. So very exciting player, like Jill said, very kind of understated, flies flies underneath the radar, just lets the football do the talking, um, and and yeah, absolutely fantastic. So she'll be an absolute uh, necessary. Like she needs to be going well in order for mm. the Matildas to get out of their group and and hopefully find their way into a grand final.
0: Yeah, I think her her combination with Sam, and we may as well roll that that discussion into Sam Kerr, um, who's the last player on our Matildas slash Sydney FC uh, list. Her combination with Sam Kerr over the years has has been something um, that that you know world football pays attention to, and um, you know, Sam uh, spent a couple of seasons with Caitlin uh, at Sydney FC um, before the the bright lights took her away, but. Um, who who can forget Sam Kerr? And and look, when you think of Sam, you probably think Perth Glory. Um, that's who she most recently played for in in the A League Women's. Um, got them to that grand final in 2019 that we that we speak about. Um, before we absolutely dominated her off the park. Um, <laughs> cool. that, um, didn't
1: score a single goal in that game.
0: Didn't score a single goal. Um, I think she's got about 20 in the rest of the season. But <laughs> that's all right. Um, But for Sydney FC, for those uh, a bit longer in the tooth, um, they will remember the diving header at the Etihad uh, in the 2013 grand final and um, the celebrations afterwards and running over to the Cove, who had travelled for that particular game to beat the Melbourne victory. Um, Absolutely iconic, just absolutely iconic um, moment in sky blue. And... uh, look where she is now you know that was 11 10 11 years ago quite incredible and um she's still going strong she's definitely on the still going up um she's definitely not on the decline uh and you know she's probably she's probably in the top two most recognizable australian sports people i, I i'm not sure i'm trying to think of someone else at the moment but
3: possibly i don't know possibly. I just earlier today Cam's Possibly,
0: um, but uh, Sam Kerr, who, who would like to talk about Samantha Kerr?
3: She's all right. I'll say this, and this I don't mean for this to come out the wrong way, but like a moment like that in that grand final, twenty thirteen, scoring a diving header. This is might <laughs> sound a little bit, you know, but I I did not think <laughs> girls could play like that. Oh. Like, you know, I mean, I didn't think female footballers could do that. And then athleticism. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I just stop and watch it. And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> so I think she's been quite a trailblazer for, for women's football. I think you're allowed to say that. Yeah. And it it's
1: just then yeah. Sean learns that women can play sports. That's right. That's right.
3: <laughs> yeah. They can. Well, it was, um, to be fair, just, it was about it,
2: 10 years ago. So
1: Yeah.
3: 2013. Yeah. Like, I was ahead of the curve. Um, but no, it was incredible what she did then, and what she's since been doing Continued for last year. Do. I think she's she kind of started the. I don't know if Exodus is the right word, but that that kind of the the migration of sorts from women's yeah. players in our, our what was in the W League overseas into England. I think the likes of her, unlike the US as well, uh, and and that too, but more so into you know the north. Oh
0: yeah, I was
3: about to say into the northern hemisphere. and I realized, yep, America's there as well. Um, <laughs> But you know what I mean, into Europe and and, and that part of town. Um, um and, and Caitlin, yeah. I think were some of the first three.
0: Yeah. Absolute, absolute marquee uh signing for, for Chelsea football club. Um, but also Chicago before that, and um broke all the records possible in the States and then you know, took on a new challenge. Um she still got a little bit to do in club land. I know obviously she loved the you know um Loved the Champions League, um, but I think the 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 current challenge obviously is for her to to take the pressure of Australia uh, on her shoulders and um, you know see what see how far we can get in this World Cup. It's going to be our best chance. Let's be honest. Um, it's it's uh, de- oh, I would definitely say it's a golden generation of, of Matildas that we're we're looking at at the moment and that we're talking about. But a World Cup on home soil, you're never going to get a better chance than that. And the thing about Sam is, you know, even when she's got two or three players, um, you know, trying to mark her out of position, a bit like we saw in the Olympics, Michelle, um, she still finds a way. She still finds a way. And, um, you know, using using all the skills in her kit bag, um, she, she's a true definition of a, of a marquee, um, not only on the field these days, but off the field as well. Mm. Um, but, Michelle, what do you... What do you expect from opposition teams um, coming up against a player like Sam? What, what do you, ex- how do you expect them to, to sort of try and play her out of the game?
1: Well, Sam said in the squad announcement press conference, she said, "If I've got two players marking me, then that's one player from us that's left wide open." And she's like, and if I can be that person to take those defenders away so we've got an attacker free, then I'll be that person. And I think that speaks volumes of where she's at now in her career. And I think um, I used to be very critical of Sam. I still am very critical of Sam um, in terms of how she leads. But I think um, she's definitely matured a lot recently. Mm. I think playing as a professional in – all, you know, whatever that word means, you know, in, in all senses months of, of the year, word. Mm. yeah, like playing at Chelsea has really kind of m- matured her. I think, Ooh,
0: does that hurt you to say, or
1: <laughs> a little bit, yeah? <laughs> um, but it, it's good, like, um, I think we need. To have if, if she's gonna be the captain of Australia, then she needs to behave like mm. the captain of Australia. And like yeah. I know that's like such a boomer thing to say, but like it <laughs> it comes with a responsibility. It comes, you know, and I think it's an on and off the field sort of thing. And I think, yeah, she's done a lot to to earn that sort of respect.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well put. Um so Jules, I think what Michelle's saying is no more suck on that. Um <laughs> yeah I'm crit- all for the suck on to that. To the crit- that. You're all for that? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was um, that was uh that was good. But Jules um you know I think we we we're, we're all fortunate enough to to be going to see her live um over the next few weeks. Um we, you know we we don't just go just for Sam Kerr, but geez it's a pretty good uh it's a pretty good carrot for us to go and see, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I think it's especially for, you know, all the young players, you know, male and female to see one of the best players in the world do what they do. um, Who's, you know, homegrown at a homegrown in a, in a home world cup is potentially something we'll never see again, Mm. male, female, Um, you know, we, you know, got to be realistic. That's the, it's, it is probably um, apart from it being the best chance for us to, to lift a, a world cup trophy um ever it's also probably uh, our greatest chance to see a world class or one of the one of the best players in the world that is australian play at a home world cup so it's a privilege to be able to to go there and and see you know the self and of course all the matildas but um yeah look make no bones about she's going to be probably the most important player i think in terms of the squad and that seems Mm -hmm. like an obvious thing to say but um i think the fact that she has matured like michelle has said is is a feather in her cap and a and a big strength for the matildas League um going forward because she's right if she does attract two three players well i mean we've got some pretty insane players mm, some of the ones we just positions. talked about yeah exactly so um, you know Caitlin ford courtney Vine, mary fowler you know haley rasso um if you give them enough space they're going to mm. hurt you so um, and I think she knows that she's got a lot of um, that leadership quality. I think is coming through more and more now, and that armband um, yep. is is fitting her nice and snug, which is good. So, yeah, yeah bring it on.
0: I oh, hear she, oh, she wants to um, sign with Sydney FC after the World Cup, just so she can play more with Courtney Vine. <laughs> no,
2: nah, um, Craig is still Women's Premier League too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, hey, no, that's ridiculous. <laughs> um, Sean, do do you think? Um, I think certainly right now and Obviously it's it's not going to happen right now. Um, but if Sam Kerr was to come and play in the a League women's now, she, stadiums would go pretty close to to selling out, I think.
3: Oh, you'd see such is
0: her such is her fame at the moment.
3: you'd see twice the amount of and you'd see a lot of people there who's not a Sydney FC, C nor a whoever it is that we're playing against fan coming up to be able to say, Hey, I watched Sam Kerr play today. Yeah. I watched a Matilda, yeah, I watched the World Cup player. Yeah. and
0: that's what i think there is a um i think the apl have a fund to help um clubs attract world cup players afterwards so it would be interesting to see um mm. how that how that plays out and whether you know some of the international players come along and, and fall in love with uh our fair city or or any of the other ones around the place um but We've just gone through some some pretty big names, um, former Sydney FC players. And we get away with it on Sky Blue Stories because, like I said, they've worn the, the the Sky Blue shirt. Um let's before we talk about how we actually think the Tillies will go uh in the group, just a just a couple of quick mentions for some players that maybe we thought we might see uh at the World Cup. Um, and and we're not going to. Um now. Michelle mentioned Remy Simpson before and um has covered that that off uh very well. Um but yeah, I just I feel like herself and you know a player like um well, Holly McNamara who's not a Sydney FC player, but players you know who have been in and around and have um certainly been doing all the things that you, you would expect a Matilda to do. Um you know have have unfortunately missed out. There's always got to be players that that do and just to sum up, Michelle, what you said with Rem, um, you know, a big uh, playing this Women's World Cup, the big motivation for her going to take some of those moves would have been so she can put herself there. Um, that hasn't materialized, um, unfortunately. Like I said, some players have to miss out, but she she must be feeling pretty hard done by. I would dare
1: say. I think so. I think she's done everything that she can. And then doesn't even get in that training squad. There's so there's two train-on players, I believe, in Amy Sam Amy Sayer and Jada Wyman, who were in that mm. camp. Um, and I think if we're looking at okay, who's the player that's you know potentially going to be injured and won't be able to play Kai Simon. Who can we get to replace mm. Kai Simon? Are we going to choose Amy Sayer, a midfielder, or are we going to choose Remy, who is a forward? Goal scorer. Um, a goal scorer. And they've gone with Amy Sayer, which mm. is not to disrespect Amy Sayer at all. I just think that they're very different, different. positions. Yeah, and different it, composition. It doesn't make much sense to me. But, yeah, frustrating for Remy. Frustrating for Remy.
0: Sean, Remy had a stint at Sydney FC uh, last season um, and, again, picked up where she left off. Um, scored of course, a famous goal at Marconi
3: with, with 10 players after that... Uh, Atrocious
0: red card to Nat Oh, yeah. Geez.
3: Yeah. It was ridiculous, but yeah, Nat had it coming. No, no, no. She, but <laughs> yeah, and then, she, and then she heads off back overseas. But what, what, what she can do, she doesn't. She only needs, you know, half a chance and puts it into the box, outside the box at a quite a difficult angle. But mm. yeah, like what Michelle said, could have, should have been there. It would have made sense just in that train on squad, like for like player. But uh, you know, although the Matildas are in good form leading into this World Cup, I've left. I've, I've been scratching my head on a number of occasions with, with Tony G's decisions and choices across his tenure as Matilda's coach. So for me, it's just another one of those like, huh, really? Oh, okay. It's just Tony being Tony. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, fair, fair enough too. A couple of other players, um, I will say former uh, former players, both of them, because uh, Deborah and Della Harp Jules has mm. traded the sky blue. Um, for I'm not, I don't even know how to say this Danish club, H- Horge, Korge, Korge, K O G E. Yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go with that so good. she's uh, she signed a contract, she's off over there. Um, was talking to Michelle about this when Ireland did their announcement video it was the first name i looked for and and i actually looked for it two or three Mm. times because it wasn't there um after she went over and played in uh now i don't know if they were friendlies or if they were qualifiers i think they were just friendlies friendlies Uh, yeah i believe yeah so got on the pitch there and 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 made her debut for the republic of ireland And, and to not get selected i just she, it seems like she was a player that the, the, the coach was obviously bringing in to have a look at, Jules. I reckon
3: did. I reckon she trained too rough. They said, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're out. Maybe. I like she, it like this.
0: She put yeah. in a challenge on Katie McCabe <laughs>
3: or someone.
0: Um, Jules, Deborah Ann uh, burst onto the scene at Sydney FC uh, in 22-23 and became a really important player for us.
2: Yeah, she did. And she's, yeah, I've, I agree. I think when... When it obviously got tweeted out, and I think there's a few um significant accounts that retweeted it in disbelief that you know mm. <laughs> wasn't in the wasn't in the squad, and yeah, it's you know I share that sentiment that you sort of the head scratcher because why would you bring someone halfway across the world um from where they are currently um to obviously play in these friendlies and then not to select them? When they've obviously, I mean, from all accounts, she did well. So mm. um, yeah, it's an interesting one, I suppose. Look, at the end of the day, there's only 23 spots, and maybe there's, you know, 23 quality players that were just, or the the players in her position were just that little bit, little bit better, mm. or or whatever it is, or more form, or playing elsewhere. Look, I, I confess, I don't know enough about the the Irish national women's yeah. team. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Um, So it could be complete ignorance on my behalf. But, yeah, it certainly was a bit strange because we know how good she can be Mm. and how important she was for us. So, yeah, it's a shame that we're not seeing her um, obviously take the pitch in two days' time.
0: Potentially a good thing, Michelle, that she's not tied to Ireland now, um, being friendlies. Um, She's a bit of a late bloomer. um, And when we say a late bloomer, you know, she's 23, which is quite young in football terms. But in, in terms of women's football, um you know i think she debuted for perth glory uh when she was 20 so it, again even that is is considered you know not not super young um is she someone that you think could could reach the quality of the matilda's one day
1: yeah definitely i think her biggest problem is minutes is that she doesn't play doesn't mm. get many minutes um so i think yeah that's the
0: it's what she's gone looking for
1: yeah and I don't know. I feel like maybe if she stayed, she'd probably get minutes now with everyone leaving. Yeah, well, that's right. So um
0: But she came in and did a great job when Charlotte McLean broke her yeah, cheek. Um it,
1: was insane.
0: it wasn't look, it wasn't like Charlotte never left, but she you didn't notice much. Um I, I thought she did an outstanding job.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I think she was really, really solid. And I I think maybe that's the thing that she does need to find somewhere where there's an open spot there because at the moment it doesn't look like Charlotte or Nat Tobin is going to be leaving but I guess the other issue is is that you know we need depth and it sucks that now we've just lost a bit of depth in our squad
0: yeah yeah, definitely the last um the last unfortunate one and and this one's still. This one baffles me a little bit. Um, Former Sky Blue uh, favourite, Ali Green. Uh, Not selected for the New Zealand women's squad. Uh, Like I said, baffles me. I I don't know if there's an injury there. I don't think there is. I saw her, she was doing some training recently. Um, Her stocks were never higher when she, she left Sydney FC a couple of years ago. And she made the decision... Largely, and she was quite open with this. She came out and said, "Well, she hasn't heard from the Matildas, um, and you know she needed to take her best chance to represent, um, you know, a country with that she's obviously got heritage with at, at a World Cup." So th- this one, th- this one baffles me a bit, Michelle. Do you have any inside gossip on on why Ali Green hasn't ended up in the in the squad?
1: Um, it sounds like she um when she was selected to play against the USA it sound i think they put her in as a right back for one um marking a very tough USA side where they mm-hmm. were you know not doing too well against them and um then She gets subbed off in that game um, quite early on, I believe. I can't remember. Um, But it just sounded like a huge stitch up It just sounded like the most unfortunate situation to have a player of, you know, this quality. You're going to leave her on the bench for all these other friendlies, and then you're going to play her against the number one team in the world, and then you're going to... yeah, put the blame on her. Be like, oh, it's your fault. You play bad. Um, I don't know if that's how it went down. No, no. Um, but I think from the outside perspective, it's kind of what it looks like. Um, mm. I, I, yeah, I feel really awful for someone like uh, Ali, who's a great player, great person. You know, struggles to find minutes overseas. Mm. Struggled to find a national team um, that would see her worth and. You know, in an ideal situation, she would be playing for us and in that World Cup squad mm. over some others.
0: Mm. Yep, um, was overlooked many times. But like I said, when she actually switched allegiances, she was playing the best football that we we saw, and and she was again another player that spent five seasons at Sydney FC, and every year she got better and better and better, and it culminated Sean in. One of my uh, all-time spine tingling goosebump moments, uh, with that absolute screamer at Cogra against Canberra United in the semi-final. Um, I think we both jumped out of our seats that day.
3: Yeah, just drove the ball upfield <laughs> and and that lethal left foot rocketed from well outside the box. Well outside. Well outside the box. and um you know that sh- that will be on a-league women's highlight reels for for decades to come.
0: Not something she's known for goal scoring either. Um, she hates Canberra. She hates Canberra.
3: <laughs>
1: that's two right. worldies against that's Canberra. That's right.
0: The other one was from the from the sideline, wasn't it? Um <laughs> Crazy. Just, just an absolute bomb. And like I said, that's like you said, Sean. That will never be forgotten. That that goal and and the, and the eruption in the stands. Uh, at Cogra then was was amazing. I think the Cove might have been in the stands, Michelle, because was it pissing down rain? I can't. Uh, uh, oh. Had the Cove moved over for that game?
1: Can't the first one, the semi final. No, it was really sunny. I think it was just me oh, and like a one? few other. It was just me and a few others, and then uh, okay, and then we started singing. Yeah,
0: brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, but also speaking can... semi finals,
1: her mm. run and the assist for Courtney Vine's header. Is like never spoken about. City. Everyone talks about, yeah, yeah, against City. Everyone speaks about Courtney's head up, which was great. But Ali's run to get there and to put it in was just, oh my God, like
0: <laughs> it's just great football. Just yeah. so good. Tore oh, tore up the pitch. I um Ali's someone I can see returning to Sydney FC um in the future. Um, look for her career, I, I think she's trying to make a fist of it over in Europe. Um like I said, Michelle, she she struggled to get a bit of game time. Things didn't work out too well for her at um, Valorenga. and she went across to AGF um, Arhus uh, in the Danish league. So she's certainly enjoying. I know she she looks to be enjoying her time over in in Europe. And and this is the these are the opportunities that these players you know previously just weren't open to or or, or never had. So it's fantastic to to see a lot of these girls that we've just spoken about have these opportunities overseas. Um, Let's hope we see a couple of them in in Sky Blue again. Um, Certainly one Courtney Vine uh, in the next season, but all will be revealed in the coming weeks. That's all our players and managers, guys and girls. Let's talk about, um, very quickly, let's talk about the Matildas' chances um, in this group. Obviously, the big challenge is Canada. Um they play, but we play the Republic of Ireland before that. We also take on Nigeria, who, as we alluded to, is probably the the one you would expect um to be a little a little easier for, for the girls. Um, Julian Baumbach. Yes. How many points do you think Australia gets and do they get out of the group?
2: Yes. Uh I think they get seven points. Um Oof. I think they top the group on goal difference.
0: okay, okay, home 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 ground advantages maybe or?
2: Yeah, I just think it, it it might come down to whoever's going to beat Nigeria by more out of Canada okay. and Australia. and I think being that it's the second game, it might actually help us sort of get into a little bit of a rhythm okay um, yes, yeah, so that's that's what I've got.
0: okay. Sean, thoughts?
3: Uh, I reckon they'll have uh, two wins and a loss. A loss to Canada and and a win against Ireland and Nigeria.
0: I was thinking similar. Um, I was thinking similar. So the last couple of times, we actually played Canada in, uh, I think they were just friendlies, Michelle, in September last year, which we lost both. Um, So it was a 2-1 and a 1-0 results. I... um, I get a feeling that that Canada have got some some very very experienced players uh, and some very very good players. I just feel like they might sort of catch us a bit un, not unawares because they're obviously the powerhouse in the group, but I just think they might they might match up with us pretty well. Um, and and like Jules sort of you know said, we you think we'll be on a bit of a high with with Ireland and and Ireland's no easy beats either. Um, But I'm thinking six points. I think Canada might get us. How have you, you've probably been asked this several times over the last few weeks, but how do you see the group playing out?
1: I think it's so hard to tell because, yeah, we lost Canada twice. Um, We were, I think, at that point in a stage where we were still testing things out. We didn't have Ellie Carpenter. Um, It was... Yeah, like the first time they'd played together in a long time, like the first sort of bit of friendlies in a while. Mm. Um, So I don't know. And since that time, Canada's kind of gone through some struggles of their own internally, um, and Australia has never looked more like a unit. So Mm. Mm. we're kind of going through the opposite of what everyone else is going through, and I think that kind of works to our advantage. Um, yeah. uh, so I think we, I think we get a point from Canada at least.
0: Yeah, and then it's as Jules said, up to uh, up to goal difference.
1: Yeah, I um, I reckon we're going to get some good revenge on Ireland though. Revenge, revenge, revenge. Yes.
0: <laughs> that would be good. So if we if we top the group. Uh, it's looking likely that we play Denmark yeah um I think I think that's right. Um, yeah, that's we're, right. yeah we're assuming England finished top of that group um with Denmark I'm not sure Michelle is that what you're looking at England topping that group over Denmark?
1: I think so. I think even with all the outs I think they still beat Denmark
0: okay. Um, so yes yeah, so Australia would then play Denmark in the round of 16. um that would be uh again a game that you would expect Australia with the with the home crowd um and and everything to 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 go very very close and and if not win um the potential quarterfinal then uh would be potentially we're looking at several obviously potentials but that could be where we actually match up with France again yeah, um, that's what I've got. Um, yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of ifs, buts and maybes over, obviously over the next few weeks. Hopefully most people are listening to this uh, on on Wednesday or Thursday before the Tillys kick off their campaign. Um, I've really enjoyed our uh, little Sydney FC uh, reminiscing podcast, guys. Um, I guess w- one last question um, and I'll start. Who should I pick on? Let's pick on the new girl. Oh. Let's pick on the new girl first, Michelle. Um, of all those players that we spoke about, all the former Sydney FC or current Sydney FC uh, related people, who do you think has the biggest effect on this World Cup?
1: Of the Sydney FC girls? Yeah. Uh, well, in Australia or all the teams?
0: All the, team, any of, all any the teams. Any of the former Sydney FC Ooh,
3: players.
1: Okay. I think, oh, my God. There's just so say, many names.
0: Just say Caitlin Ford. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm going to put it between two. Mm-hmm. I'm cheating. Okay. I'm going to oh, say.
0: Honorable mention or are they equal? I'm
1: going to say. Okay. No, one's an honorable mention. Okay. I'm going to say Sam Kerr is definitely going to be the one with the biggest impact. Okay. I'm going to say Sophia Webda is going to have Ooh. really good bondmen. That's what I Okay. Gonna. I think she's That's going to surprise absolutely. a lot of people.
0: Yeah? Uh, interesting. Not us. She won't surprise us. We
1: no, because she... they won't make it out of the group.
0: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They'll
1: never set foot in Australia.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sean, same question to you. Who do you think will have the uh, the biggest effect out of those former and, and current players?
3: Well, I'll, I'll stick to Australia, uh, but I'll say Alana because, you know, defence wins games. Ooh,
0: nice, nice. Jules, what do you what do you reckon out of all those players we've spoken about, or manager, who who do you think have the biggest effect on this World Cup?
2: Um, Biggest uh, look, biggest effect in terms of um, the result are look, uh, it's pretty hard to go past Saint Kerr. I think she will have a a massive effect. I've got a possibly even finishing with the Golden Boot. Um, So. Um I'd, I'd probably go with her and a, and a small runner-up um, to that being Stadge. I think I've got them to finish. I'd probably be a bit crazy, but I've got them to finish um, second in the group. So um, with just scrape points. a couple. Yeah, yeah. Just scrape a result uh, here or there. So, yeah, we'll see.
0: Very good. I've, uh, I've gone with one of the obvious ones. Uh, I think Caitlin Ford. I think she's been spoken about a lot um, in the media, uh, uh, about, you know, her, her impact and that attention that Sam Kerr is going to get, um, both from opposition teams, um, but, but also, you know, again, the media, I think Caitlin will, will absolutely be more than comfortable with that. And I think she's really going to shine and, and absolutely turn it on, um, with, you know, some assists and, and some, some finishes as well, cutting in. So, um, again a play that I would absolutely love to see back at Sydney FC one day in the future mm. guys that's been uh that's been the Sky blue stories Sydney FC women's World Cup wrap um that we thought we just put out just to you know we, we we have to acquaint ourselves as well get used to the chemistry of uh of, of our new regular host Michelle um it's been a pleasure absolute pleasure and we will we'll, we'll be back soon, I would dare say. Like I said, the the A League men's side is uh, making some signings, a lot of youth, uh, um, bit of bit of uh, kindergarten cop for Steve Corica, um, with all the the youth players signing. About but no, no doubt, um, <laughs> no doubt, the uh, preseason fixtures will be starting very soon, and we'll get an announcement on where the Australia Cup round of thirty two game is. Um, we are hearing that it could be regional. Um, But yeah, before and and after that, Sydney FC will play pre-season friendlies against opposition that they uh, usually would. They'll have an inter-club friendly, they'll play Manly United, and uh, they're also looking to play Newcastle Jets in pre-season. So a few things to keep uh, your eyes and ears out for um, just a very quick mention to um, our wonderful Patreons um, who hopefully you've received a, a gift from us in the, in the last week or so. Um, if you haven't, or if you haven't seen the message that we've sent you out, um, get in touch and we'll, we'll send you out a little uh, thank you for your ongoing patronage. Uh, any final words from anyone?
2: Karn the tillies.
0: Con the tillies. Be
3: it's good
0: long. to your mother. Be good to your mother. And Michelle, have you enjoyed? Uh, you've, you've sat in. You've sat in the host seat many times with Sky Blue Stories, but have you? Does it feel different?
1: Um. It feels like a new season.
0: How good. How good. Uh, thanks everyone for tuning in and listening. Enjoy the World Cup, and we will talk to you all very very soon.